We are, believe it or not, we are in the last installment of our series entitled Building Bold Witnesses. This has been a series about evangelism and sharing our faith. Week one, we begin our series talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, that it is the Holy Spirit that saved, that we cannot save anybody, that our job is simply to proclaim that which God has called us to proclaim, and it is the Holy Spirit that convict men unto salvation. And week two, we talked about that bold woman, uh, the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria, to whom which Jesus had an encounter with. And after her encounter with Jesus, this woman went out into a city proclaiming, come see a man that told me everything that I ever did. And as a consequence of her bold proclamation, the whole city was turned around for Jesus. Then last week, we spoke about fear. We understand that a lot of us don't like to share our faith because we have fear, fear of rejection, fear of isolation. And one of the things that we understand about the gospel, that when it was being preached at the beginning, that the men of God and the women of God that preached that gospel, they had to be bold because they were being confronted with all kinds of attacks and their lives were consistently hanging in the balance. And so they had to be bold. And so we talked about how that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Amen. But love power in a sound mind. How many know the gospel works premium? It works best when it comes from the lips of somebody that is bold for Jesus. And so we, we talked about that last week. And today I want to talk about the, the title of my sermon, if you want to give it a title, is The Bold Hebrew Boys. The Bold Hebrew Boys. Now, right as we begin to go into this thing, I want to make a couple of statements, as I customarily do. And, that, and I believe that you've heard me say this consistently, and it seems like every time I say it, I need to say it more and more. That we as a people, as a church, are under tremendous pressure today to follow the crowd. How many know that the church today is being squeezed? Oh, boy, I'm going to tell you something right now. The church, the church back is against the wall. And here's the thing. It should not be the case. But the church is under extreme pressure to bow to the norms of our society. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to share this morning boldly. How do you know that, that when you bring the word of God, you just got to give the word of God? Uh, I'm, 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 you know, we just preach the word of God here, so that's what we're going to do. And so there's a tremendous pressure today to follow the crowd, to adopt the ways, the ways of the world as it relates to uh, uh, sexuality, immorality, uh, homosexuality, and all of these different things. And, I, and, I was, and, and one of the things that bothers me is that um, when men and women of God seem to be at a loss when it comes to somebody talking about these issues. Now, it is not to say that, listen, how many know that we are, we are supposed to love everybody? We are supposed to, I mean, everybody's welcome to the house of God, no matter what your sexual orientation. But you must know that when you come into the house of God, that you must be ready to be changed according to the word of God. And so one of the things that happened is the church is under pressure because and we and, and it's so much so that now preachers are not even talking about it. Why? Because they don't want to be isolated. They don't want to have their Five ones, three C3 taken away from them. And so what do they do? They bow to worship other gods. The gods of lust, the god of immorality. It is running rampant in our society, and the church is not talking about it. And I am shocked. 
And how many know that it doesn't matter how many people are in the seat? What matters is that the truth of the word of God is being preached unapologetically. That's what's most important because at the end of the day, hear me, church, God is going to honor his word. You ought to give him a hand clap of praise for that. God is going to honor his word. And so as I look at this thing and I and I see it because you see, because the the effectiveness of Christianity has always been rooted in boldness. What I mean by that is when we talk about how Christianity was able to uh, to to go far and beyond to where we are today to to overcome all the obstacles and the challenges, there had to be a people that weren't afraid. There had to be a people that were that were unapologetic about the gospel. They had to be bold and understand something, church, that the church has always faced opposition. And since the inception of Christianity, Christianity has always faced attacks. Now, here's what's different, because in our young nation, we used to be a nation that we're not a nation of perfection. Everybody know that. But we were a nation that tried to honor the word of God, that, that, that this nation was founded on some Judeo-Christian principles. But now we're seeing that our nation is drifting far and far away from Christianity, and we are embracing everything else other than Jesus. And so what's happening now, so the, the church in America, she is now at a crossroads. What am I going to do? Am I going to Am I going to bend and acquiesce to the pressures or am I going to stand firm and say what Jesus said? How many of you are committed to saying what Jesus said and doing what Jesus did? Because to the extent that we don't church, we lose. We're only a church in name, but we're not a church in power. Satan wants to Satan wants to drag a whole lot of people to hell and he wants to How many know there's a spirit of deception that is at work. In our nation, a, a spirit of deception that is causing men to be lullabied to sleep. People of God even are afraid to speak out. We're afraid to say it because we don't want to face the pressure. But how many know, baby, the pressure is coming and yet it is here? Amen. There's no, way to, no need to try to duck and hide. How many know that we are the bearers of the truth? We are the bearers of the truth. The Bible says that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. So when people want to know truth, they turn here to the church. The church is supposed to be bold enough to say, this is the way, walk ye in it. But boy, I see a society today. I see the church saying, well, babe, I need to follow the world a little bit. Back up, ease up, leave this stuff. Don't talk about that. Listen. I don't know nothing else to do but to preach the word. I, I am committed to that. Amen. You follow what I'm saying? So come hell or high water, if you want to persecute me, do whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, my conscience is going to be clear. Are you hearing me? If God said it, that settles it. It's right, whether you believe it or not. Amen. Are you hearing me, church? So, so let's look at this thing. I'm going to give you a couple of scripture verses as we dive back right into to Daniel and to see how these three Hebrew boys defied the odds, stood boldly, and God did amazing things through them. And how do you, you believe that God will do amazing things through us today? It says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and 33, listen to this verse. See, now, now watch this. How many know that the pressure comes from Jesus? 
because some of us got a, a flawed view of what it really means to walk with God. But let, let, me, let, me, let me give you Jesus' words. Are you ready for Jesus' words today? He says, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, here's Jesus talking, and my Bible is in the red, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Those are some strong words. Now, see, but Jesus now, make no mistake, Jesus is calling us to be bold. He knows right off the bat that their pressure is coming. He says, and he says, now, therefore, if you, if you don't confess me before men, if you're not willing, if you're not wanting, or if you're too afraid, or you are too intimidated, he says, then I won't confess you before my father. Church, I don't know fully what that means, but I, it do seems to suggest to me that if you are a true believer, that what you do is you proclaim Christ. You confess him. You're not afraid. You're not afraid to do it. And so the pressure then comes from Jesus, and he gives this verse in the context of boldness. Whoever confesses me before me, I will confess before my father. But if you don't, I would deny you before my father who is in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I don't want none of that. I, 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 I want to be known. I want to do my part. Matthew, Mark chapter 8, verse 38. For whoever is ashamed of me, look at this church. And my words. Now, my words has to be this book. Well, this book is outdated. But this Bible, that's just old-fashioned. Oh, I'm going to preach today. Come on, church. Oh, this book is old-fashioned. It don't count no more. Oh, man, that's just old. That's outdated. Oh, the devil is a liar. The Bible says that forever the word of God is settled in heaven. The Bible said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So while you're trying to link up and hook up and, and, and try to appease all the folk out here, understand that at the end of the day, they're going to bow down to this word, and that means you too. So we live in a generation today, or we live in a generation today that don't want to deal with this thing. But here's the thing, that the Jesus says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words. Well, I don't want to say that because I don't want to offend nobody. Seriously? How many know that the gospel by nature is offensive? It has always been offensive. Is offensive because it goes against the grain of what your flesh wants to do. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So by nature, it will offend you. It was designed to offend you. And you can't get around that. But Jesus, whoever's ashamed of me and my words in this. Watch this. Hey, look how he classifies this generation. He said, in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him, the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he come in his glory with his Father and his holy angels. How many know Jesus is coming back, by the way? Oh, yes, he's coming back. Oh, he's coming back. Boy, I'm telling you, he's going to crack the sky. He's coming back with great power and with great glory. And the question is, where will you be? Are you one of those who are ashamed? Or are you one of those, as the Bible says, the righteous are bold as a lion? Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, and this scares me because what this tells me, church, is that there's no room for lukewarmness. Oh, good God. Jesus said that you're either hot or you're cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. Did he not say that in the book of Revelation? 
See, this, see, this is a verse that is uh, that's, that's preaching against lukewarmness. He says, if you're ashamed of me, if you're ashamed of me and this wicked generation, and this generation where sin is running rampant, where there's death and disease and poverty and sickness and breaking down and families that are broken as a consequence of sin, and you see this and you are walking in the light and you are ashamed of me. So then I will be ashamed of you in this crooked and perverse generation. Bible says, church, how many know that we're called to be different? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm called to be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him again. Uh, look at him again and say, are you different? Yeah. Yeah. See, the Bible says this in 2 Peter, 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9. Y'all heard this verse before. It says, but you are a chosen generation. How many know that God chose us? He chose you. He said, you're chosen. He's telling you something. You are special out of all the peoples of the earth. Oh, this is good. As I think about this. Out of all the people of the earth that he could have chose, he cho I don't even understand why. I know enough about me to say I would have left me alone a long time ago. I don't understand it. I don't know why he would take, I don't know why he loves him like he did. I don't know why he put it in him. I don't know why, but like Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God and his grace will be working more effectively in me. I don't understand it, but I embrace it and I thank him for it. But he chose, he said, we're chosen. Yes. I mean, this is amazing. He said, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. Holy, that word holy there means to be set apart, sanctified. You're called to be different. Stop trying to be a copy when God has called you to be an original. You see, you see. We're called to be different. He said, you're a chosen generation. He said, you're a holy people. That means out of all the people on the earth, the people of God are supposed to stand out. They're supposed to be people and everybody else look and say, what's up with that? Why don't you do like everybody else? How, how do you, how do y'all, how do y'all do that? Different races and ethnic backgrounds. How do all y'all come together in the name of Jesus and give? How, how do you make that happen? Because we're different. We're chosen. Now watch it. Now what were, you, what were you chosen for? Were you chosen just so you could just sit and look pretty? No, Judge. How many know that he chose you with a divine calling and a divine purpose? Yes. Watch this, Judge. He said you were called. First of all, he calls you his own special people. So you should, if you have self-esteem issues, you need to meditate on this verse over and over again until it gets in your spirit. Stop getting on Facebook trying to fish for compliments. Jesus already said, oh, good God. Mm. Every time I turn around, you're doing a selfie. You're fishing. Do you not know who you are? He said, you're already special. You're already chosen. You don't need nobody else to tell you that. God has already told you that. You find your identity in him. And what he said about you, not what Junior said about me, not what Mary said about me. No, it's what he said about me. He says, I'm special. He says, I'm chosen. He said that he loved me enough to come and die for me. I am one special dude. And I'm sorry if that offends you, if that seems arrogant, but the truth is the truth and the truth will set you free. I am free as I'm standing here. I know who I am in Christ. 
Now, why did he call you? That you may, the watch that, 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 that you may proclaim, here's why he called us, that you, that means you and I, might proclaim the praises of him. See, that's what we're going to be talking about. Every time we talk, open our mouth, there should be some talk, some reflection, some information about, look, let me tell you about what God did for me. Let me tell you, brother, I don't, I don't know what you're going through, but let me explain to you how God showed up in my life. Mean, let me let you see, let me let you see what, he, what he did for me. We are, watch this church, we are to proclaim the praises of him who called us out. See, there it is. Everybody say, out. He called you out. Why are you trying to go back in? See, he called you out. Why are you trying to go back in? Oh, I just want a little bit of the world. I, I, I just want to, uh, just a little bit. Come on now. How I many know that ain't being a bold Christian? <laughs> he called you out of darkness. In other words, the darkness that is pervasive in our land today, a land that is full of sin and unrighteousness, and we're reaping the benefits of that now. But he called us out of that darkness into the light. Now watch this, church. How I many know that since we're in the light, we're supposed to walk in the light? You are now light in the Lord, the Bible says. You were once not a people. In other words, you were once lost. You didn't have a clue. He said, but now you're the people of God. Now you have an identity. You're a pastor, I, I didn't know who I was. And, and my mom and dad, they all told me, they said some horrible things. Come on, join the club. I can't begin to tell you some things that were said to me as a kid. And, and but how many know that when I, when I got my mind renewed, I got set free? That's why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Because what they said ain't true, according to the word of God. And the word of God is what's true. He said, now you did not attain mercy, but now you got mercy. Then display that mercy. Talk about that mercy. Share about how God brought you through some things. And not only how he brought you through, but he just keep on doing stupid stuff for you. Come on, church. Y'all know what I mean when I say stupid. He just keep on doing it. He ain't stopped. He ain't. I mean, I sit back in my life right now. Me and my wife, we're just amazed what God does. I mean, I just told you a snippet earlier. But I sit back. I mean, I can see and tell you over and over some stuff God just does. And I, I, you know it's him. And it's like, God, why are you doing Sometimes it just make you cry. I mean, anybody, anybody don't, I mean, that's literally sometimes I just start, like, I, don't, I don't have no words. I don't know why he does what he does. I just say, Lord, I, I don't even understand this. This is crazy. I didn't deserve that, God. Why'd you do that? Oh, God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He'll make you cry like that sometimes. So we understand then, church, that we're called to stand out. We're called to be bold. We're called to be those who will not bow down to the pressures of this world. No matter, and the waves and the currents of this world, the pressure is immense. Am I right about it? I mean, church, how many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you, you sense the pressure is mounting on the church? I mean, boy, it's mounting and it's mounting. And then the question then becomes, what are you going to do about it? See, the three Hebrew boys, man, they had, they got some great insights for us today that we can learn from them. First of all, let me give you a little bit of history as we go into this. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. Thousands of captives from Judah were taken captive to, to Babylon between 605 B.C. and 582 B.C. The Babylonians had subdued all the provinces ruled by 
Assyria and had consolidated their empire into an area that covered a great deal of the Middle East. To govern such a diversified kingdom required them to educate slaves and intelligent slaves who became the manpower for the government. Because of their wisdom, we're talking about these boys, and their handsome appearance, the four Hebrew boys were chosen for their training program. But it was Daniel who excelled among the wisest of them all. Here in this particular passage, we see the King Nebuchadnezzar, he built this huge image, and there was a command that went out that everybody had to bow to it. How many know that there's a command of the world today? They're saying, if you're going to be one of us, you got to bow down to it. If, if, if we're going to like you, if you're going to be part of the crowd, then when you hear the music, when you hear the sound, I want everybody to get down and bow. That's the spirit that is still working today. Now watch this, church. Now watch this. Y'all sit with me. Say amen. I don't want to lose nobody. Watch it. Watch it now. First of all, you got to understand this. A couple of things here as we move forward. The peoples of the world will worship its own. <laughs> See, look at verse number four and verse number seven. Then a herald cried, then a herald cried aloud to you. It is commanded, O people, nation, languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and the symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image the king and Nebuchadnezzar set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship, watch this, will be immediately cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. So at that time, watch this, what do you think they did? When all the people, everybody say all. When all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nation, languages, they fell down and they worship. In other words, they followed suit. See, how many know, church, it takes boldness to go in the opposite direction. When you see everybody else doing it one way. And parents, you know what I'm talking about. We have to deal with that with our kids, don't we? They go to school and they see it done one way. And they look at you, mama. They look at you, dad, and they say, you're outdated. You're old. You don't understand. This is a sign of, this is a different age. <laughs> you know, this is different. That's old-fashioned. Oh, here's the big one. That's just your interpretation. Well, the devil been using that one for a long time, hasn't he? Lying to people, setting them up. How many know when you love people, you got to tell them the truth? Don't say you love people, you're not willing. How many, how many of you believe this book is true? Then you tell people, you, you preach it. it ain't, listen, I tell my kids all the time, it ain't, I ain't got no choice. <laughs> you know, they like, I can't pick and choose. The book is the book. It is what it is. I'm a preacher of this. I'm not a preacher of, of universalism. You can go to other churches. There are a whole lot of them around the street that do that. I, I, I preach this right here. And so it's easy for me. I see it and it says stop. I stop. And I say the Bible says stop. The Bible said don't do that. I said the Bible said don't do that. I, I don't know. It seems pretty easy to me. Amen. But see the boldness of the Hebrew boys demanded attention. Let me tell you something church. When you get bold and you decide to live right. You will demand attention. See, look at verse number 8 to verse 12. Look at verse. Therefore, at that time, when certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews, they spoke and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the psalm, the symphony, with all kind of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image. 
Whoever does not do it will be thrown in a burning, fiery furnace. Verse number two, here it is. But, 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 but there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve you, or, uh, your gods, or worship the gold image which you have set up. See, now here's, here's where it's happening right now, see. See, now because, listen, they, it's not like they went out there preaching. We don't see them. They, they weren't doing door to door. Church, they just lived right. They just said, we ain't doing that. Have you ever been around somebody, been around a crowd, whether it's at work, and you see everybody in the office doing it this way, and then you just kind of stand over there, and they say, well, you say, I, I can't do that. No, I, I can't do that. No, I, I, don't, I don't go out hanging like that. No, 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 no. I'm a married, I'm a married man. I'm a married woman. I'm sorry. I don't do that. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? See, 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 when you make a decision to say, I'm going to do it differently, then you're going to demand attention. Listen, just by living holy, just by doing right, just by separating yourself and saying, I ain't going to go there. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Me and my wife were having this conversation last night. We was talking. We was having a good time together. And, and, and we was talking. And, I, and I, we just kind of talked. And I said, all those 27 years I was on the police department. And one of the things they used to always wanted me, why, you know, we need you to come out. We need you to come out with us and hang out, you know, and, and you know, drink and, you know, get drunk and do all kind of crazy stuff. And I always went home. I always went home. You know why I went home? Because I'm different. Not because I'm better. I'm just different. My calling was higher. And so watch. And so what I did was I separated myself from those things that would cause me to compromise who I am. And so I'm very careful about what I go. It's not to say that I don't hang out and I don't go places where sinners are. How many know you don't want to be that way either? But you have to be wise about how you conduct your business because you don't want to give anybody the wrong impression. These Hebrew boys, let me tell you something, church. They demanded attention. The Bible said, the word of light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, cannot be hidden. Nor do they take a light and put it on in a basket, but on the lampstand and give light all to our inner house. How many know that wherever you find yourself, make sure you're light? Make sure you're light. Make sure you're standing out. And how many know, church, here's another thing we can learn from this, that the world would get angry and persecute you for not holding the line of wickedness. The world would get angry. Verse number 13 says that Nebuchadnezzar, in a rage and fury, he got mad. He was angry. Why don't you follow suit? Why don't you do what everybody else is doing? Why, why are you, I mean, your refusal, church, hear me out. See, your refusal to lie, your refusal to cheat, your refusal to be immoral, your refusal to hold a grudge or walk in bitterness, your refusal not to forgive and give them the, your refusal to, 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 to slander and take revenge, your refusal to give up on your marriage, your refusal to fornicate, your refusal to cheat on your spouse. How many know, church? That the world will get angry at you because you're not following suit, because you're refusing to do what everybody else is doing. See, Nebuchadnezzar got mad. And how many know that the enemy will get mad? And one of the things that I've learned, and y'all know what I'm talking about with this, but the world will keep on pressuring you to give in. Satan will come after you. Let me tell you something. Satan will, ask, Satan will, will proposition you with the same situation 25, 30, 40 different ways. 
Satan will come, boy, Satan will keep, I mean, Satan, how do you know the enemy is patient? And verse number 15 says, now if you're ready, here's what here's Nebuchadnezzar said. Nebuchadnezzar said, now look, he was mad at first, right? Still, still ticked off. But in verse 15, he says, now, he said, let me try this again. Let's have a conversation, guys. Now, and so now, if you're ready, now when you hear the sound of the horn and flute and everything else, and if you fall down and worship, now that's all I need you to do. Come on. Good. Then you'll be good. You'll be okay. You'll be like one of us. Y'all get it? See, the world wants you to be like one of us, one of them. One of you be like one of us, man. And but if you don't, who is that God that's gonna help you out? See, how many know that the enemy will keep on pressuring you? The Bible talks about it, says, be in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Satan is gonna keep on coming at you. He's gonna come at you. Let me tell you, he's gonna wait till you're weak. He's going to wait till you you got problems in your marriage, problems with your children. He's going to wait till you're emotionally drained. He's going to try to hit you up when you're tired. Satan will always, you know, how many know that Satan is going to come at you when he thinks that you're weak? He's always looking for a crack. He is persistent. He's going to keep trying to get, oh, come on. It's okay. Everybody, come on. What's the big deal? Come on. It ain't going to hurt nobody. How many know that there's no such thing of a secret sin? The Bible said that, that, that his eyes are wide open and, and everything is naked to him to whom we must give an account to. And how many know that the wages of sin is what? Death. But I don't care how many times the devil tell you, oh, you can do it and nobody knows you can get away with it. You ain't getting away with nothing. Because how many know we're all going to have to give an account for God? And the reason why our nation, the reason why our society is all jacked up is as a consequence of sin. That ought to tell you something. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus, when he was tempted, how many remember when Jesus got tempted? The Bible said when the devil had ended every temptation. In other, in other words, the devil kept coming at him 15 different ways. Come on, do it. Come on, bow down. Remember he told Jesus, come on, bow, Jesus, worship me. I'll give you all of this. Well, first of all, Jesus realized that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He realized he already had everything. How many know the devil can't give you that which you already have? How many know the Bible says the meek shall inherit what? The earth. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the who? Oh, come on. Are y'all getting this? See? So the devil trying to sell you something that you already got. So you're trying to get material things. How many know, church, it ain't about that. The, uh, God owns it all. And Jesus recognized who. Listen, he says, you can't tempt me, brother, with the, the, the kings of the world because I own the world. But the enemy kept coming. And the Bible says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed. This is Luke chapter 4, 13. He said he departed from him until an opportune time. Meaning that he was coming back. How many know Nebuchadnezzar is going to keep coming back? The enemy is going to keep coming back until he gets you to do it. They even got to a point where the king began to threaten him with death in 15. He says, I'm going to so if you don't do this, this is how the enemy does. The enemy always comes to you like this. He try to make you seem like he really cares about you. You know how Satan does. He, he transforms himself into an angel of light. See, this is really good for you. You need this. After all, you deserve this. Watch this, church. Y'all with me say amen. She ain't been treating you right anyway. I mean, they, nobody appreciate you on the job. They're not giving you a raise. So, hey, go ahead. Take a little bit of money out the thing. I mean, it's yours. I mean, they're not paying you right. 
I mean, look at all the hard work you've been doing. And, and you know what? And you control the money. So let's take a little bit. It's okay for you to cheat a little bit on your taxes. I mean, the government take too much of your money. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? This is how the enemy works. He's going to keep trying to get you to be unfaithful, to steal, to lie, to cheat, to hate, to walk in anger, to get revenge. That's what the devil does. But then eventually he'll try to come off like just like a drug. This drug is going to be the best thing that you ever had. It's going to give you the best high. But he don't tell you about what's going to happen to you when you're hooked. When you can't even breathe, you can't live without him. When you're laying in the street in your own vomit, in your own poop. He don't tell you that, does he? He just tell you, man, take a sip. Take a drink. Do it. It's going to be all right. Take a look. Just a little bit of that heroin. Just a little bit. It'd be all right. And then you get hooked. And then... Then what really happened, the devil then really tells you what he was really after, was your life in the first place. Because it's, it's, it's funny, it's funny how, look how Nebuchadnezzar put it. He said now in verse 15, he, he said, now if you go ahead and do this, now go ahead and bow down, everything will be good. But if you don't, I'm going to kill you. But the first part of that, if you do it, it will be good. Then, you know, the devil after a while, he get mad and real, that, that spirit come out. But if you don't, I'm going to kill you. Because how many know that's what he really wants anyway? He want to take your life. He want to take your happiness. He want to take your joy. How many know there's joy and happiness and peace in doing what God said do? Are y'all hearing me, church? Ain't no, ain't no joy and happiness in disobeying God. It don't work. You're only going to experience real joy when you do it God's way. Are you hearing me, church? Any other way is going to be pain, sorrow, and yes, well, I think it seems to be going well for me now. There's pleasure in sin for a what? But at some point, payday is coming. See, in boldness now, I'm going to wrap, wrap this thing up. In boldness, the Hebrew boys had previously determined not to worship any other God. Previously. Everybody say previously. previously. So he said in verse number 16 and 18, you remember what he said? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said when he said they're going to throw him in the fire. He's a, it, boy, I'm going to tell you, how I many these jokers were bold. They said to the king, the one who had the power to throw them in the fire, said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In other words, Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't even got to think about this. Oh, we ain't, we ain't even got to sit down and have no, we don't need to have no, no backdoor meeting. We ain't talk, brother, we, brothers, we don't need to talk about this, right, brother? Oh, brother, we ain't even, we ain't even going there. He's a oh, king, we don't need to discuss, we don't need to debate, because you know the king was probably saying, suggesting, maybe y'all need to think about this, go talk about, oh, no, matter. we don't need, no, he said, he said, no, we ain't even thinking about it. He said, you need to know this, king. That we have no need to answer you on this matter. We have, this thing is already settled in our heart. If that, look, if that is the case, and if our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace, fiery furnace, but and He will deliver us, He said, and He will look at the name and say, He will, He will, he will from the, from Him. But but He said, but if not, He's but even if He don't, if God decides to call me home, let it be known to you, O King, that we ain't gonna serve your God. We ain't doing it. See, let me tell you some church. Let me tell you why they were able to, be, to do that. Because how many know, see, there are a lot of folk who, how many are all in for Jesus? You know, there are a lot of folk who ain't all in. You know, they'll follow Jesus to an extent. They'll follow Jesus for a little while. Oh, I, I, I'll even go to church on Sundays. I'll even give a little bit of money. Oh, yeah, and I'll even help serve, too, if you need me. But don't mess with my sin. Like, don't mess with my, you know, just leave my sin. Now, my sin, leave that alone. Now, get off of that. See, I'll do some things, but then you start. Now, hold up now. You know, that's how you, you always know as a pastor when you're preaching, we start meddling with people. Because then you see the head drop. They be, oh, here we go. Here we go. 
Uh, you go down, you go. Because like, you know why? Because watch this. Let me tell you why. Because they have not relinquished their territory yet. They haven't relinquished it to God yet. And so that's why you get every time you're upset, somebody go knocking on that thing. Somebody go poking. It's like an injury. Somebody go poking that out. Get off of that. Leave it alone. Let it leave me alone. Because, see, but, but if we're going to be like these Hebrew boys, we got to be to a point. You got to make it up in your mind in the beginning. Say, so you know what? I'm going all the way with God. I ain't half-stepping. I'm, I'm in this thing. See, there's a lot of Christians who do that. Well, you know what? I'm going to do this for God for a little while, and I'm going to see how things go, and then I'll, I'll, I'll make up my mind. Let me tell you, either you're in or you're not. You're hot or you're cold. Right. Yeah, y'all follow what I'm saying? Amen. See, I made, I'm going to give you an example. I made a decision about tithing a long time ago, but it wasn't based on whether or not if God gave me everything. I said, look, I'm, gonna, I'm all in. I'm gone. I'm, it's done. I ain't talking about it no more. It's done. I'm in the thing and I ain't going back. Well, I, I'll go to, to get to a certain point. Are you all in or you're not? Because when the pressure comes, and let me tell you something, it's coming. It's coming. And if you ain't all in, you're going to get exposed. You're going to get exposed. You got to see, 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 they said we ain't got to think about this because we had already predetermined that we were going to walk with God. And if you're going to kill me, kill me. But I ain't going to bow down to your God. I'm sorry. It ain't going to happen, bro. Not in this life. It ain't going to happen. How many know that's boldness? And let me tell you what that boldness did. Because you remember I said before, see, here's what I want you to understand about why it's important that we talk about being bold witnesses. Because people are going to get saved when Christians come out of the closet. And stop being chicken. Stop being, stop apologizing for what the Bible says. Are y'all hearing me? Come out of the closet and listen, and boldly broken. Salvation always came as a result of some bold preaching. Some bold proclamation. None of this panty, none of this, oh, I don't know kind of thing. Well, you can believe what you believe. All roads lead to, all roads leads to nothing. But destruction, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way that leads to what? Salvation. Stop lying to people. Tell them the truth. Stop apologizing, trying to be all-inclusive. I will be all-inclusive as it relates to loving you, but when it comes to who I believe and who I serve, I have no tolerance there. It's Jesus, brother, and it ain't nothing else. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? That's what the Hebrew boys said. And I'm, I'm almost done. See, when we boldly choose to stand out, watch this, God will bring us out. When we boldly choose to stand out, God will bring us out. Look at verse number 19. I got to read this. The king Nebuchadnezzar was full of rage because he got mad. You know, I told you the enemy always get mad because you ain't doing what you ain't following suit. You ain't doing what everybody else is doing. So Nebuchadnezzar was full of rage, fury, and expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's funny how the expression of his face changed because all the expression on his face was what was really in his heart all along. He didn't care about them. He just wanted their worship. He didn't care nothing about them. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace. Look at it. Heat the furnace seven times more, more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of Valar who were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fire furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, trousers, their turbans, their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fire furnace. Therefore, because the king commandment was urgent, the furnace, um, uh, the, the, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up 
Shadrach, Meshach. In other words, church, the fire was so hot that the men who were trying to throw them in there, they got burned. Yes. Yes. See, this is what the devil want to do with you. You see what the devil is really trying to do? And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And, the, and he rose in haste and he spoke, saying to the counselors, wait a minute, here we go. Did we not cast three men burned into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. In other words, that's right, king. But look, verse 25. He answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. We believe that this was the pre-incarnate Christ who came down and delivered them. Let me tell you something. When you and I decide to be bold and stand out for Jesus, we will provoke the supernatural power of God. God is not about just giving you supernatural power for nothing. You want supernatural power, do something. What are you doing for God? What do you want the power for? God is not interested in making you look good so you can boom, 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 Tarzan, oh, Tarzan, all that. Look at me, beat your own. No, he's giving you power in order to affect his will in the earth. And watch this church. And when they were bold for Jesus, because they said, you know what? It don't matter. Even if God ain't delivered, if, we gonna burn, if God decided to let us burn up, good. When we, we're going to do that. But we, we're, we're determined. Let me tell you something. That kind of boldness would get heaven's attention. Yes. And in this case, it got heaven's attention so much so that the pre-incarnate Christ came down. And, and look, they were walking through the fire unhurt. Unfazed. Why? Because they were bold enough to stand for you. See what Jesus would do with, for you if you're bold enough to stand up for him. If you're bold enough to stop hiding behind your cubicle, if you come from behind that desk, if you come out of your house and be, show some boldness, somebody will get right with God and you will see the supernatural power of God working your life. But you got to stop hiding. Look at the name and say stop hiding. Look at the name and tell him say come out. Yeah, tell them come out. See, they're bold, and I'm finishing right here, right now. They're bold. Stand calls many people to get right with God. Watch this. Look at verse number 28. Now, how many know that Nebuchadnezzar had a, had a revelation when he saw that? When he saw the man, he looked, he said, what in the world? I saw three. Where's this? What's going on here? These boys, ain't, they don't even smell like smoke. What happened? Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, watch this, watch this now, watch. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Wow, you look at that change. Yeah. Well, then he changed, didn't he? Yeah. Who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any other God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree, a law. Good God. He said, I make a law that, that any people, nation, or language speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, watch this, shall be cut into pieces. And their houses shall be made an ash heap. Because, watch this, there is no God who can get delivered like this. Ain't no, ain't but, there ain't no God. Now, all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar, done become, he done become an evangelist. 
<laughs> he's, preach, he's preaching Christ now. He's preaching God. Ain't no God. I've seen a lot of them. Ain't nobody getting delivered like this one. And the Bible said that, and he kept on reading, and the Bible said that King Nebuchadnezzar promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed. They got promoted. What? They went from a minute of death to being burned to promotion. See, that's what God will do if you get serious about them, if you get bold for them. If you open up your mouth, if you stop being a coward, if you speak the word of God with both, if you're not afraid, this is what God will do for you. He, God, God will flip a king's heart. How many know the Bible said the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it with us wherever he desires? Some of you got some folks that you know, they might be bossing, their heart might be hard. But I, I believe that if you're bold, because I told you salvation comes from bold, you got to be bold. Stop being afraid. If you're bold, somebody will get right with God, and God just might turn the heart of that person that's bugging you. He might, I mean, because we know that's what he does. I mean, God, God, he changed hearts. He changed, you can't change hearts. Only God can do that. So I'm going to leave you with this. Here's, here's a couple of thoughts, and we're done. In conclusion, here's your, number one, embrace your calling to be bold. Start being a coward. Be bold. Talk about Jesus. Come out of your closet. Walk with him. Don't be intimidated of the world. Don't let the world intimidate you. Imitate Christ, not the world. Let Jesus be your example. Young people, imitate Christ. Trust God, and then watch this, then trust God to bring you out of every challenging situation as you live your life and proclaim Christ. Because church, I'm here to tell you, won't he do it? Come on, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.